Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Dental Practice Heroes Clinical Edition. Got the guys from Colorado Surgical Institute, got Dr. Tahir Dune and Dr. Dan Brisky. What's happening, guys? How you doing? Good, man. Good. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain. It's Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday and this is the beginning of my weekend, I suppose. I didn't work today and this is the most exciting thing I'm going to do today is spend some time with you guys. So I'm, I'm happy Ooh. you're here. Well, you're welcome. It is very nice to spend Love time with it. you too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about sleep. What about it, man? What does a dentist got to do about sleep? Are you getting any? <laughs> That's you the question. <laughs> Dude, I woke up at 1.30 today. All right, 1.30 in the afternoon. Like, I'm sleeping like a college kid. I'm staying up all night. It's oh. I'm on the worst freaking schedule. And every day I wake up and say, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to stay awake and try to reset my rhythm. And... It's just so much easier to get back in bed. So I don't know if that's relevant to the conversation, but that's what I think of when I think of sleep. Man, I like your schedule. There's this Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking to this guy on sleep. I forgot the name of the podcast, but I could just remember Joe Rogan cracking up because Joe Rogan asks him, he goes, hey, how does it work with people getting four to five hours of sleep? Are they just full of BS? And the guy just starts laughing. He's like, 0.0% of the human population can maintain what they're doing on a daily basis with four to five hours of sleep. Because we have it all rammed down our throats. Like, oh, you know, you can't get the task done. Just sleep less. You don't need the sleep at all. But that yeah. is just such horse crap, right? Like we all do actually need that six to eight hours of sleep. We do. Yeah. Like the days that I've not gotten a lot of sleep, it always catches up. I always make up for it somehow. Yeah. You have to pay the sleep debt at some point. You do. I think one thing, like Paul, about your schedule or anybody's schedule, it's not necessarily about like the timing of the sleep. It's just the quality of the sleep that you're getting when you are down for the count is the most important thing. So patients will come in and we're treating sleep apnea in the practice and they're like, oh, I wake up at all times of the night. And before I used to say, oh, well, this is going to help you because maybe your bladder is full and you're not in a deep enough level of sleep to turn off that reflex so it wakes you up. But what I found through doing this long enough is people are going to wake up and you don't want to promise them anything you can't deliver on. But more so than not, it's the quality of their sleep while they're asleep, which is the game changer because they are going to be regenerated on a neurotransmitter and a hormone level. They are getting better oxygenation. I mean, if we go back and we just look at this on its fundamentals, right? The airway is a tube, air goes in and out, and you have over 20 muscles in that oral pharyngeal, nasal pharyngeal airway space that can obstruct it. As you get older, everything starts to relax, we can collapse the airway. And if you don't get enough oxygen into the lungs, then the lungs aren't putting enough into the blood. And this is what I'm saying to the patient too. And then the heart as a pump has to pump more volume of blood to the rest of the body because it's pumping less oxygenated blood. So now the heart's working harder all the time. And what cardiologists are getting taught now is if you're on two hypertensive meds, they should be sending you for a sleep test immediately. The guy who wrote the book on Alzheimer's and dementia, he's also highly recommending sleep tests to prevent the onset for patients. Then the brain doesn't get enough oxygen. So you have the, the risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, all those problems that occur. And I don't think any physician, at least, I mean, no doctors can agree on anything, but everyone can agree that adequate oxygenation is an important thing. No one's going to get behind the podium and say less oxygen is better. And so at least we can come from the standpoint of, hey, we're saying something to the patients that everybody is going to agree with hands down. I think the question that a lot of people have to get over and a lot of the questions I used to get in the beginning is like, why is my dentist talking about sleep? What I would say to them is, look, we're looking down your airway every time you're here. Does your physician do that? Probably not. 
the medical community is reaching out to the dental community to look for these things and to educate you guys on what's happening because sometimes by the time they catch it in medicine, it's going to be a little bit too late. And then it's always a more moderate or severe condition. And it's always easier to resolve stuff when it's mild or moderate versus moderate or severe. And so then patients are like, okay, okay, we can look at it. And so what we started implementing into the practice, if we get kind of like strategic and tactical, is you can just buy pulse oxes off of Amazon for what, like five, 10 bucks, whatever they are, and have it in every operatory. And you put it on every patient's finger. And then when the patient lays back for hygiene or for restorative or for whatever, just have them stick their finger up every once in a while and just look at it and see what their oxygen levels are. As soon as you hit a 92, the sleep sensor at night is going to kind of record an event. But this is your way to educate the patient. Be like, hey, look at your finger. Look at what's going on right now. I had someone who was at a 92 just on room air. If we look at room air, there's something called the FiO2, which is like the fraction of something of oxygenation in the air. So out of all the gas particles, the amount of oxygen in there is about 21% plus or minus, you know, based on where you are. So there's only 21% oxygenation in room air. And so this lady sitting there at a 92 or below the whole time. So we put her on supplemental oxygen and she goes up to 99. So it's like, okay, you are probably apneic. And we laid her down. She goes down to like 88. That's the easiest way to get these patients to say yes to a sleep test. And then they have no problem paying for it. You don't have to do sleep tests for free. Another thing we've implemented into the practice is there's a company called Sleep Image and they have these rings you can buy. I think it costs about 10 bucks per test. So these ones I am doing for free. I'm absorbing the $10 overhead on it. And anyone who kind of meets some kind of risk factor, right? If their tongue is really big, they got scalloping on their tongue. If their tongue kind of sits high above the occlusal plane, if the palate is vaulted and really high, if we're looking at the malampati score, so malampati of one is they open up and you can see airway, right? You can just shoot hoops in it. Malampati two is like you can see 100% of the uvula and it kind of touches the tongue a little bit but you can see two little airway spaces on either side of it. Malampati three is you just really see soft palate. And then malampati four is you can't really even see soft palate at all. Then you're kind of gauging that as well. And you can just tell them like, hey, here's a free screener. We screen all the adult patients of the practice. Take this home, no adult beverages on the night you take it. Bring it back in and get the results. And it has pretty accurate results. It's non-diagnostic to the effect of having a sleep physician sign off on it. But it's enough to show the patient, like, look, it cost me $10 to prove to you with some data that there's something going on here, and then we can dive deeper into it. And the reason I really like this is I can't give you a sleep appliance if you don't finish your restorative work. I can't give you a sleep appliance if you're not done with your prosthetics. I can't give you a sleep appliance if you don't do your Invisalign and move your teeth or have to remake your appliance. So it's another motivating force for patients to finish the work that they might take years to do. They might now view it more beneficially to get it done more quickly so then they can get the appliance done so they can breathe better at night. So I think what's cool about that is it'd be hard to find a patient that doesn't want to sleep better. Like, hey, do you want to wake up more rested? Do you want to look better, have more energy, lose weight? There's nothing bad that comes from like having, I, I mean, maybe there is if you have way too much sleep. I don't know, but everybody could use more stinking sleep. And I think what really keeps people away from finding out if they have it a lot of times is just that sleep test. It's like they don't want to go to this place and see if they have it. It's funny you mentioned the ring because I didn't know that they had those, but I know I have an aura ring. I only have the second generation one. It doesn't do pulse ox. I think the newer ones do pulse ox. But I remember I would wake up sometimes and you open the app and then it downloads from the ring and it'd be like great workout. And it would think I was like doing cardio all night long. <laughs> like, and I'm like, dude, this ain't right. Like my heart rate's getting up to like 140 while I'm sleeping. 
that's eventually what I led. I have sleep apnea and I took a, just an online sleep physician and then, and I wear the mask to not wear a mask and wear a dental appliance would be great. I'm kind of lacking over jet. So I don't, if anyone's wondering why I don't wear a, a dental appliance, I don't want to end up in class three or end to end, which I'm pretty damn close just because of skeletal discrepancies, I guess. The mask ain't cool, man. It's my question for the wife, like, hey, should I put my mask on? And if she says, no, leave it off, it's like the green light. And she goes, just put it on. That's that's the red light. Just go to sleep, man. So that's how it works in in, in, in my master bedroom. You know, you give me a night guard and I'm going to sleep better and I'm going to be healthier. Hell yeah. So I, I think it's a great service to provide. And talk about like somebody who's thinking about getting into this, getting in sleep, like how difficult of this is as a field, as a new procedure is this? I think a lot of people can get into it and treat the patients of their practice very successfully with a very low barrier to entry. Meghna Dasani out of Houston has a really cool online course, and there's a lot of great sleep educators. I know Meghna. I know her course. I've done it. I did the virtual one. So for me, I could just do it online and I didn't have to travel for it. And it was enough information to implement everything. She has a very like tactical, strategic course about it. So the implementation was very easy for me. It does get more nuanced the deeper down the rabbit hole you want to get, right? Because then you can start looking at vivos and different myofunctional approaches. You can start looking at RPEs and three ways that have a sagittal expander for kids. You can start and you can go into tongue tie and those, you know, really deep tongue tie surgeries, which is maybe next on the radar for my evolution. But it does get more complex, but on its base level, there is a huge population of people who want this service. And you said it, Paul, like if you can give someone back energy to be better at their job, to go work out and to lose weight. And actually, like when you're not sleeping properly, there's a hormone called ghrelin that is released, which makes you actually crave carbohydrates. The body's just going after fuel at that point because it's exhausted. And so people will put on weight and then the apnea gets worse. So everything is multifactorial. It's all kind of tied together. But then you can start getting referrals from different physicians. The American Sleep Academy and physicians and all the pulmonary, cardio, neuro, they all know that uh, oral appliance made by dentists is good for mild and moderate. The verbiage for severe is a state, hey, still go see your physician, go get it checked out. And then some patients will sign a CPAP intolerant form because they've come from the physician with the CPAP and they no longer can wear it. But the cool thing is also is the spouse will get that spiel from you in the operatory and be like, no, but I don't sleep because my husband is sitting here snoring up a storm. So then hubby comes in, gets fit for the appliance. And it's really cool to see both of them come in and be happy or like they've been sleeping in opposite rooms for a while. And, you know, I mean, there's young couples that don't sleep in the same bed just because of this. You know, I got a buddy and he just got married. He's my age, his wife's slightly younger, and they sleep in opposite rooms because of their sleep habits and they just can't get a restful night's sleep and they both have hard jobs. So if you can bring couples back together in that respect, I mean, it really is impactful in people's lives. And so that's why I like to do it. And then also, if we talk about from a profitability perspective, and that's not the only reason, but you have to do procedures that make the practice money too. The investment into it is very low. It's not like you have to buy a $100,000 CBCT, you can buy a couple thousand dollar home sleep test, spend a couple hundred bucks on some sleep rings, pay some monthly fees and interpretations and other things you got to do. And then you can start, start testing all your patients. And then you get paid 3,500 bucks for the, the test and you know the whole shebang. Um, and your sleep appliance cost is under 400 bucks. 
and then it's heavily assistant driven. The assistants are scanning. You'll go check the George Gage bite, how you kind of set the mandible and the protrusive setting. But they do all the scans, they submit all the records, they deliver the appliances, and you're just going in and checking stuff and shaking hands and telling like, hey, how you feeling? How's things going? And then later down the road, you give them another sleep test once they're acclimated to the appliance. And then you can show them with data that you've helped them significantly. And so it's pretty easy. It's low doctor time with relatively high revenue in respect to how much time you're spending. And yeah, I, I really like doing it. I think the biggest part with sleep apnea is how to talk to patients about it because or they're not going to want to do it. Because once they're going to say, well, my last dentist didn't tell me about that, <laughs> right? Well, you're not going to tell them that your last dentist just didn't educate themselves about sleep apnea, right? And that's kind of rude. So part of this whole thing is too, we just want everyone to adopt thinking in a different manner again and a little bit further and thinking even into the medical world now. And when to get some of these patients to say yes, you kind of have to appeal to the emotional side a little bit. At least I do. I like to tell patients that when you have more oxygen, you live longer. Why would you not want to be around for all these moments later in life that you're going to miss out on because you're deciding to not treat the sleep apnea? Sometimes I'll say that and they're like, whoa, like, holy crap. Like, I didn't realize that this is that significant of an issue, but it is like we want to help add years onto people's lives. Yeah. And I, and I could speak from experience. I remember when I started wearing my sleep mask, I talked to my buddy and I said, dude, like, I don't like feel any difference. Like, I'm not keeping it on all night. When will I know? Like, cause I get to take a few days of getting used to it. And he said, the first night you go to bed drunk and you wake up the next morning and still on your face, you'll know. And that was it for me. <laughs> it was like, I'm like this, I bet I could drink all night now that this thing, cause my wife, I used to like snore just when I was drinking. I'd let man to take a sleep test when drinking. I bet I was like choking up like you wouldn't believe. And, and then my wife's always she used to hit me in the back and punch me. And she's little, she's like a hundred pounds. And like now what she does, if I don't wear it is she grabs the, my hair on the top of my head and she shakes my head. And then she, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's just like shaking my head, like pulling my hair. It's cruel. And then I'm like, okay, I'll put on the damn mask. She's like, I want you to live, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. No, she's like, I want to sleep. Shut the f up, you know? Ever since we started using relevance online marketing, I could see a drastic improvement in our SEO. I mean, we are ranking so much higher when searching for dentists in our hometown. We are seeing more new patients and certainly someone you should give a, give a look at if you're considering new marketing companies. Just absolutely awesome. I would recommend Relevance to any practice owner who wants to see what proper marketing can do for their office. I want to thank Dr. Paul Etchinson for introducing me to Relevance Marketing. They've done a great job, very thorough. I'm happy with the results. Thank you guys for all of your help. We never truly realized how powerful this could be. It's really changed our business for the best. I think they're definitely worth every penny. Easy to communicate with, easily accessible, does what I ask, and even shows me some reports when things are going a little bit off track and what they're doing about it. You know, it's just a level of service I just haven't really received from other marketing agencies. Since we've been using Relevance, we've seen a tremendous growth in our business. I would recommend their services to just about anybody. Search engine optimization uh, and getting your ranking on Google to be the highest it can possibly be. The efforts uh, by Relevance and their team and the efforts and the things that they've done with the, uh, the SEO as well as the social media. Highly recommend it. 
So what are you waiting for? This is Dr. Paul Etchison telling you to get a free consultation with Relevance. As a listener of the podcast, you get the first month free and there is zero obligation to continue if you aren't blown away. Make this the year you grow your practice to the next level. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to set up a free consultation. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. To tie into what Brisky is saying, it's like, I go to dental school. I mean, when I got dropped off in Philly 14 years ago, my dad came and helped me move in. And on the flight back, I mean, we all know he had apnea. Rumbling the room, no one wants to share a room with him. Family vacations, no one slept besides him. He's on his flight back and he has a stroke on his flight back. And then so he has to relearn how to walk. He has to relearn how to talk. He has to relearn like part of his personality. Like it's traumatic for families. And then He still didn't get the freaking message. He had the CPAP, doesn't wear it, stubborn. And then he has a heart attack. And thank God he has the heart attack next to the hospital because he's out getting groceries. You know, he had the Widowmaker one. They get him perfused and get the stents in and he's fine. It took him two events to freaking wear this damn CPAP. I'm making this transition with him. And I I love my parents. I respect them 100%, like nothing but respect. But like, they need to take care of themselves. And I say something similar to what Brisky just said. I have three very young children. I'm just like, dad, you got to wear this thing. If you want to remember these kids growing up, you got to be present for them. I want you to be there when they're having their marriages and like all this stuff. So it's very impactful into people's lives when you can bring awareness to this. And even if they're severe and they go get the CPAP, you still change their life in a major way. I mean, when we're old, right? Or when you have elderly patients come in and you see them sliding with dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff and how difficult that is on the families, if you can preserve that and you can give them five or 10 extra years of neurologic function, right? Maybe their body's falling apart. Maybe we're cyborgs in the future. I don't know. But getting the brain to live longer and be like sharp, that's where it's at when you're older. That's what's important. We have the ability to contribute on that level. And so that's why I really like incorporating that into the practice because it means something to me personally. How does it go over with the patients as far as cost? Because I know this is not a night guard. Yeah. So it's a $3,500 appliance. What I do in my practice is I can break out those payments over a year internally. We did six months and we found out that we weren't necessarily getting as much case acceptance. And so when we broke it out over a year for people who couldn't do like care credit, and if you can do care credit, do care credit get paid up front, pay the interest rate on it. So that works really well. If they have to do ortho first and then the sleep appliance, we factor all of that in and they get a cost reduction on the overall thing from doing both things. And then they can finance that over 24 months. If they're doing a reconstructive surgery, like an all-on four, you wouldn't believe so many of these all-on X, all-on four, all-on six, full arch restoration patients, whatever term is in trademark these days, those a lot of those patients uh, desaturate pretty heavily and they have different comorbidities, the appliance we make them at the end, because we're going to test them at some point, is probably going to be an OSA device. And so we're factoring that extra $3,500 into the $22,500 or the $25,000 case. So it's all financed up front. When we get to the end of the case, I'm not asking for an additional $3,500. So we're kind of working with the patient to make sure that they can do this. And we aren't seeing a high default rate on that. Internally financing like crowns and fillings and extractions and different things like that, we see a higher default rate on, but we see a low default rate on orthodontics, sleep appliances, and full arches because those patients need maintenance and you're kind of their home. What would you say about compliance in, in your experience providing sleep? What is the compliance? Yeah, I guess you don't have to get a rate, but I mean, do most people find this acceptable to wear 
and will they wear it? They've done studies on this where the compliance rate on a CPAP, and they tested like, I think it's like some study out of like New York, some some hospital, they did like 70,000 patients. The compliance rate was 30% for who could wear the CPAP all the time. I mean, you, do you remember Reggie White from the Green Bay Packers, that dude, mm-hmm. right? Monster. They found that guy, you know, he passed away in his sleep, cardiovascular event, with the CPAP next to him, it wasn't on. Mm-hmm. And so when you stress the heart out and you do that every single night forever, negative effects. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not answering your question. So 30% compliance rates on the CPAP. They're showing 80% compliance rates on the oral, oral appliance. But we have a huge motivator. It's not like, hey, wear this grinding guard to protect your tooth from fracturing and needing a crown. It's, hey, wear this oral appliance, this OSA device, or you're going to have to get a mask strapped to your face. <laughs> and then that difference. They're way more compliant. They're way more compliant. Yeah. You ain't getting no action with that mask on your face. Nobody wants to play astronaut with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to get action with the oral appliance in, but it's definitely still not the whole CPAP shit. (laughs) Oh, shit. Fun stuff. It's something worth looking into. Now, this is not a course that you guys provide, right? Well, the cool thing about this is how this relates to surgery is when we do the oral sleep apnea airway evaluation, or you're evaluating a patient for IV sedation, and you're educating everyone on these things, well, when you design your multi-units, or when you place your multi-units and design your prosthetic, you actually design your prosthetics with a little bit more space for the tongue, and you can set them up in an occlusion where the tongue has more space, so then as they desaturate, that muscle can go forward, So it does still apply. So when we go through these surgical courses, we're showing docs in the course like, hey, look at their tongue, look at their malin potty, look at how we have to position the multi-units in the surgery to create the prosthetics so we're not trapping the tongue and making the sleep apnea worse. So with that, I like that segue into the plug for Colorado Surgical because we do have some availability in May and then we got to push people out into September because all the other courses from now until June are sold out except we have like four spots in May. So you can sign up for full arches and kind of do this stuff and we'll talk about airway and all that stuff too. Or you can sign up for wisdom teeth or single implants or lateral sinuses and blocks. And it's kind of, this is a cool one we're going to run. We're just going to say, hey, whatever you want to a la carte and put onto the docket, we'll put on there for you. One thing we're setting up because we had a couple of owners sign up and want to bring their associates is the owner doc can do the full arch. The associate can do the singles. Another associate can do wisdom teeth and you can come and co-collaborate together versus being in separate courses. Yeah, the biggest thing is like team buy-in with these things, right? So that's why we created this course specifically this round, because we've been asked so many times to make an inclusive course with owners and doctor, owners and associates and team members, because we want the whole office to be on board, right? With whatever you choose to do, whether it's implants or wisdom teeth or sleep apnea, the biggest problem is you got to get team buy-in to get this to happen. Absolutely. All right. www.coloradosurgicalinstitute.com. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate doing this. And thanks for being on the podcast again. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Doon from Colorado Surgical Institute. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out and let you know about the program. We have full arch surgeries. We have lateral sinus lifts. We have block grafting courses all done in one weekend with the whole digital workflow with photogametry units scanners, 3D printers, milling, you name it, anything regarded to full arch, we cover in depth. We also have a PGCA course. What that is, it's the Postgraduate Clinical Accelerator course, where we are going to be covering 
wisdom teeth, single implants, and it can be complex single implants with vertical sinus lifts. We'll also be covering full arch extractions with ridge reduction, bone grafting, PRP, suturing, and we also will have a course on socket preservation. So if you guys are interested in any of those courses, please reach out to us at Colorado Surgical Institute. The code is HERO10 for 10% off our courses because we love Paul Etchison and his podcast, and we're here to help.